G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. Foundations. Another prophecy about Messiah being falsely accused of wrongdoing. In Psalm 35, verses 11 to 12, it says, Malicious witnesses rise up, and they ask me of things that I don't know. They repay me evil for good to the bereavement of my soul. Foundations. Understanding the Jewish foundations of our Christian faith. With Robbo Robinson and Mandy Warby. In our last program, we looked at some of the prophecies about what Mashiach would do during his earthly ministry, how he administered to people, and what would be the outstanding features we'd be able to see to know with certainty who he was. This time we're going to continue looking at some of the other identifying marks of Mashiach and what his main purpose was. The Bible has given us so many details, this incredible prophetic description, and all this criteria that's listed for Mashiach, So much so that the mathematical probabilities of a single person meeting, even a handful of them, is really astronomical. Mm. We're going to sort of explore that a little bit. And we've only looked at a handful of them so far that he would be born of a woman, but he would have no biological father, not a human father. Uh, He'd be born in Bethlehem, that he would teach through parables. He would perform the most amazing miracles, like he would open blind eyes, open deaf ears that he would heal lepers at that time in history. And even in some places in Nepal today, leprosy is a death sentence. Mm. Uh, He was raising people from the dead, uh, healing the brokenhearted, releasing captives. And we're talking spiritual captivity here and ushering in the year of God's favor. If ever there was a time of God's favor, it was when Jesus came and brought the light of the gospel. Yeah, that's right. Okay, and so scripture is also describing some really harsh things that would happen to the Mashiach. And want to look at just a few of those. There are many, but I would really like to look at a few of those. We know that Mashiach would be betrayed uh, by someone who claimed to be his friend. Have a listen to this. If you read Psalm 41.9, it says, Even my close friend, in whom I trusted, who ate my bread, has lifted up his heel against me. And then in Zechariah 11.12, it says, And I said to them, If it's good in your sight, give me my wages. But if not, never mind. So they weighed out 30 shekels of silver for my wages. Mm. Well, they both uh, relate very strongly with the Passover meal that Jesus shared with his disciples. Obviously, Judas dipped his hand in the bowl and shared bread with Jesus, his close friend. And then, of course, went out and was paid those 30 pieces of silver to betray him. So they're both fulfilled very strongly. Really accurately. To the Chinese detail, could you imagine how it must have felt for Jesus to be reclining at the Passover supper with Judas dipping the bread in there, knowing exactly what mm. he was about to yeah, do? Yeah, that's right. It's one thing to find out after the fact, but yeah. while it's happening and to know, yeah. oh, that's yeah, just... to know in advance. Yeah. And then there's another one. Another prophecy about Messiah being falsely accused of wrongdoing. And Psalm 35, verses 11 to 12, it says, Malicious witnesses rise up, and they ask me of things that I don't know. They repay me evil for good 
to the bereavement of my soul. Mm. You can hear that, like the heartache. In oh, that? absolutely, yeah. And of course, we see that the very same night after Passover and after Jesus is arrested, the mock trial that he goes through, yeah. and we read about that in Mark 14, the chief priests and the whole council kept trying to obtain testimony against Jesus to put him to death, and they were not finding any. For many were giving false testimony against him, but their testimony wasn't consistent. Some stood up and began to give false testimony against him, saying, We heard him say, I'll destroy this temple made with hands, and in three days I'll build another made without hands. Not even in this respect was their testimony consistent. It's just so... like, and you, Mom, I used to always read that and I think, why would that be a capital offence, even if mm. it was true? Yeah. I'm going to build this in three days. That could just be the ramblings of somebody delusion. Why would it require a death sentence? It's like they were grappling for anything. That's right. Making yeah. stuff up on the fly. Yeah. Okay, then there's um, prophecy about Mashiach described as being silent before false accusations made against him. And this comes from Isaiah 53, 7. It says, he was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he didn't open his mouth like a lamb that's led to the slaughter and like a sheep that's silent before its shearers, so he didn't open his mouth. Well, of course, that's just a very small part of a bigger passage, which has got heaps of prophetic elements through it. But yeah, that one verse there is obviously uh, once again fulfilled in Mark 15, verses 4 and 5. It says, Then Pontius Pilate questioned him again, saying, Don't you answer. See how many charges they bring against you. But Jesus made no further answer, so Pilate was amazed. And I'm amazed because if I get yeah. accused of doing something that I didn't That's do, right, yeah. man, I, I want to speak up and defend myself because yeah. I don't want people to think badly of me. Mm. But, of course, he knew what was before him, and if he'd been able to defend himself sufficiently, he wouldn't have been crucified. And then where would we be? Yeah, that's I right. I mean, that's just you go mm. down that rabbit hole and it's just amazing, isn't it? Okay, so then there's this uh, prophecy given that Messiah or Mashiach would be executed by crucifixion. This is fascinating. Psalm 22:16 says, For dogs have surrounded me. A band of evildoers has encompassed me. They pierced my hands and feet. And then Zechariah 12:10 says, I'll pour out on the house of David and on the inhabitants of Jerusalem spirit of grace and supplication so that they'll look on me whom they've pierced and they'll mourn for him as one mourns for an only son and they'll weep bitterly over him like the bitter weeping over a firstborn. It's a powerful passage of scripture and the thing to keep in mind of course is that these scriptures were written hundreds of years before crucifixion was even invented. They would have had no idea what they were even describing. No, not at all. They had no clue. And actually when you look at the history of crucifixion, the very first or original beginnings of crucifixion was actually impaling on a spike, Mm. which is really, really gross, actually, really gross. And that was in Persia where they did that. That was in about the 6th century BC. Then Alexander the Great took it from there to the Eastern Mediterranean. That was in the 4th century BC. And then it was Mostly the Phoenicians who introduced this barbaric practice to the Romans, who then perfected it Mm. with um, the nailing of hands and feet to a wooden cross. But the prophecies given in Psalms and Zechariah were given in a nation who'd actually never heard of crucifixion. So can you imagine what the prophets were trying to relay? They'd never heard of crucifixion, Mm. and yet here they were describing crucifixion. It would have been anatema to them. Because scripture actually says, cursed is anyone who's hung on a tree. Yeah, that's right. Okay, so mm. it would have been anatomy. They would never have even considered that. 
I just find that that is just amazing. And yet after this, we find that his disciples actually interacted with him after he was crucified because they saw him die before their very mm. eyes. Yeah, that's right. Well, we read about that in John 20, verses 26 and 27. After eight days, his disciples were again inside and Thomas with them. Jesus came, the doors having been shut and stood in their midst and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Reach here with your finger and see my hands. Reach here with your hand and put it into my side and don't be unbelieving but believing. Isn't that astonishing? We've been learning about these prophecies like for years, you know, the prophecy that he would be crucified. But when you look at the history, it's like um, when the prophets, you know, prophesied about things that would be happening in the end of days and we're talking about you know, the weapons technology that we have today, how could they have possibly yeah, understood right. what they were seeing or hearing from God? Yet their obedience to speak out God's words, even though they were saying things they, they couldn't imagine or understand, then it actually happens and it's fulfilled. And people sit there and go, oh, it's just a coincidence. Yeah, that's right. I mean, let's give God the honor and the glory due him mm. for what he has told us is going to happen and then it happens and that is seen most strikingly in the life of Messiah absolutely and we're going to explore that next time as we bring this all together to explore some of the mathematical probabilities of one person fulfilling all of these prophecies we'll do that next time on Foundations This has been Foundations, a look at the Jewish foundations of our Christian faith. For study notes, resources and more, see vision.org.au slash foundations. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.